It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another bonus edition of the Media Podcast. This week marks the end of the long-running Radio 4 series Face the Facts, the consumer investigations show which has been on the air since the mid-80s and was presented by John Waite. And he just happened to be talking about his craft at an event in London last Wednesday. Here's John speaking on the subject, what they didn't teach you at presenting school. I am the dinosaur, as you can see. I mean, I can't imagine anyone will have a career like mine again, I joined the BBC in 1973 and I'm still there. And that will never happen again and perhaps it never should. I have done, over the years, over those 40 years, a few hundred interviews where I've been interviewed. And it's really interesting, as a professional, when the boot is on the other foot. And I can assure you, I've been on programmes where if I weren't a professional broadcaster, I would have been tongue-tied, I'd have been stuck. I would have been, I would have felt so out of it or not included that I'd have shut up. And, and that's how I think uh, some people uh, feel when they, when they, so don't let your interviewees feel that. I, e- even when for a short period I presented the Today programme, I would get up out of my seat, <coughs> I would go over to the interviewee, I would shake their hand, look them in the eye, I would actually anchor them into the program, show them that they were welcome. And I think my one piece of advice is work on those skills because it'll bring dividends for you as a presenter. Work on the skills of the other half of your act. Would you, John, uh, apply that to politicians or people who were slick media professionals as well? You're absolutely right, Uh, uh, of course, Peter. uh, There are certain people, there's no point, you know. Uh, (laughs) There is no point. No, some people are fair game. I mean, I do interviews with, and we'll hear one in a minute, with with villains. You know, it's not the Today programme. Most interviewees are ordinary people. Even today, most interviewees haven't been interviewed. They're nervous, they want reassurance, but most of all, they want to know that you are truly interested. And if you can fake that... No, I didn't mean that. I I actually am still truly interested. I'm lucky I get to do long interviews with people who have interesting stories, and they are fascinating. We'd all find them so. But you must, whatever, even if the person's coming in for two or three minutes, you know, true, because it will communicate, and they will respond. 
you want to set up this first clip for us? Uh, yes, the first clip, I think, is the most... Uh, this, I've done thousands of, of, of these investigative programmes. It's very difficult to know, um, you know what to... Th- this was one that was difficult because we had... Talking of interviewees, we, we had a couple of, of women who had lost babies in, in this business in Northern Ireland of the mother and baby units... Um, and we, we uh, they were exposed in, 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 in the South, a Catholic country, where women who had children out of wedlock were thought to be sinful. What we did last year was show that uh, the same prejudice was alive and well in Northern Ireland, a Protestant country where you might have hoped there'd be more understanding, so that when women went into these homes, their babies not, often, not only were often taken away and, and sold, but if... They, they were allowed to die. They were the spawn of the devil, so they were allowed to die. So we had uh, um, child mortality rates of, of 45, 50%. I mean, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> no, no place in the world, not even you know, Zambia or wherever, has 50% mortality rates. These children were allowed to die. So these were very sensitive women. So I think this is a little clip about the programme generally, and you'll hear me trying to be gentle with them about this most sensitive of subjects. The film Philomena, nominated for a string of awards, tells the true story of a young Irish woman whose son was forcibly taken away from her in a Catholic-run mother and baby home in the Republic. Today we investigate the mothers enduring an identical ordeal to that of Philomena, but this time in Northern Ireland. The nuns drummed into me every day that, that I was a sinner. I was hoping that somebody was going to help me when I had my baby. Just take him home. But nobody did. They deprive me of being a mother. As well as losing children to forced adoption, other mothers saw their babies die, as mother and baby homes had disturbingly high infant mortality rates, as we'll be hearing up to 45%. One mother speaks for the first time of her distressing drive across Belfast with her friend, the body of whose baby was in the boot, the destination an unmarked grave. All over this slope now have sprung up all these unofficial memorials, crosses and angels. What marked the grave of your friend's child all those years ago? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So we have no marker at all of that event. And as an event, was it dignified? No, I don't think so. God love her. What about those mass graves in the bog meadows? Was that an appropriate way to treat the bodies of all those babies? This is not something unique to the Catholic Church. All of those who have been buried within that section of the cemetery are recorded in the records. They were buried with due rights. They were buried with the appropriate, at that time, sort of care and attention. Um, John, uh, it's incredible how you managed to uh, keep the listener and the person giving their personal testimony together as part of the same story there. And I just wondered, that's quite a... Quite a conjuring trick when to have a, a split mind, as it were. Well, I don't know about a sl- split mind. I try to approach the interviewees uh, as a listener, in other words, as a genuine human being. And I will say, and in that case, it was the case once again, one of those women, not the woman you heard, but uh, and I do long interviews. We don't do five minutes, you know. Um, and so you get into a, you know, you get deeper and deeper. And I cried. And I often cry at interviews. I do the kind of interviews I defy you not to cry. I think at home, if you 
you know, people will be crying. And it actually makes such a difference to these people who are, you know, sharing. that. Those two women had never spoken about that before and said to me, we will never speak of it again. It's too painful. So, so I knew all the stuff that they were going through. And, and I think, and I was genuine about this, Peter, you know, I can't turn them on. Uh, but if you can keep in touch with your humanity, even though we're professionals, then the result will be even better, professionally speaking. But, um, you know, you, 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 will have, you, you will have remained a human being through an artificial process. And can you maintain that um, sort of solicitude or that kind of desire to kind of connect and be simpatico with a subject that maybe isn't as emotive? Do you know what I mean? What stops you then kind of going, God, some tedious bloke from Co-op Energy that I'm having to, to, to confront? As I say, we, if we have villains or if we have people that, uh, I, uh, you know, we're not very sympathetic towards or we don't think the audience will be, well, you know, we just, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm much more straight. We're going to play the next clip um, just because um, one of my stock in trades is, is, is villains occasionally. We don't do villains as much as we used to do. Villains are always entertaining. The audience loves them. They particularly like it when I get beaten up or whoever gets beaten up. And uh, I used to get beaten up, uh, you know, and that uh, we'll hear a little clip in a minute. And this guy uh, really roughed me up and gave me concussion and ripped all my clothes. And all the audience loved it. But uh, we, <laughs> we, we don't do many villains these days because they're not villain. They're not colourful enough. You know, because villains these days, they, they, they're electronic villains. You know, they hatch their little plots and they work through their PCs. This guy was great. He designed uniforms for himself. He, uh, if he needed money, one of the stories was he needed some, some money. He went into a, a, a exchange bureau, a bureau de change in Oxford Street, and he said to the woman, I'm from Scotland, Yard. She said, but we've had this intelligence somebody's going to come in here and they're going to rob the place. Sorry, <gasps> don't worry, we've got men everywhere, but just in case, I want you to put all the cash <laughs> in a brown paper envelope, you know, and I'll look after it. I'll be outside, got two... And she went, oh, OK, and that's what they did. This was a great villain. This is a man that we did a programme about and he went to prison. He came out of prison we, straight back to it, we did another other He went back to prison. He is, he's just gone back to prison again. He was sentenced in December. So uh, Richard Mark Sage, we did three programmes about a career villain, absolutely brilliant villain. This week, we're back on the trail of a convicted con man called Richard Sage, whose activities we first exposed 12 years ago when he wasn't too pleased at our attentions. Mr. Sage, I'm John Waite from Radio 4. Would you like to leave the premises? Otherwise I'm, he the here to, I'm here to record an interview with you. Mr. Sage, about your... Mr. Sage, please don't push me, Mr. Sage. Why don't you have me for assault? Mr. Sage! Mr. Sage! I want to talk... I'm a
Back in 1993, when he bounced me and my tape recorder down a flight of stairs, we revealed that Mr Sage had been ripping off staff, customers and NHS hospitals to the tune of hundreds of thousands of pounds, something for which he was later convicted and sent to prison for seven years. But since his release, we've discovered he's been causing problems again. High time, we thought, to bring the saga of Mr Sage up to date. Mr Sage swapped southeast London for northwest Scotland earlier this year, where he's currently running a funeral home in the resort of Dunoon on the Firth of Clyde. And where, when our repeated requests for answers went unheeded, we caught up with the burly businessman as he arrived in the car park for work. And, as I say, he wasn't too pleased. Hello, Mr Sage. John Waite from Radio 4. Oh, what a surprise. Yes. Yeah. Off for a start. Get out of my face now. You know the score. You've always tried to wind me up every time you've come to see me. I said good morning to you, Mr Sage, and you're now pressing me against a car. I think, and you've also sworn at me. I don't think I am the one. John, it's, there's amazing clips. I know it, you know, the automatic reaction is that you kind of laugh and stuff, but... Um, well, we were taking the mickey. The clue there, if you listen to the script, the burly businessman, the, you know, we were taking... The, no, no, the way I, to get I, to I these people is to take the mickey out. From the point of view of somebody who's confronting somebody, yeah. and they know they can see in somebody's eyes, this person's about to attack me, and then they do uh, attack me. From a kind of presenter's point of view, uh, are you, how do you hang on to your role as presenter as opposed to a man who's being attacked? Oh, well, you, you have to keep talking, don't you? It's the radio. Um, uh, <clears throat> and one of my proudest moments, I should have thought of this, actually, I, I was once hurled down some stairs by a dodgy uh, solicitor in Luton. He was at the top of these stairs. There were wooden stairs. And as I rolled down them, I spoke... <laughs> about what was happening to me. I hit the door at the bottom. Door burst open. I rolled through it into the street. The acoustic was wonderful, you know. <laughs> Echoey stairwell, wooden stairs, door open, street effects. And I, I was so pleased with it. Because <laughs> you were always... In the end, a professional, you know. So the circus has lost his broadcasting career. <laughs> <laughs> no, said many times. Amazing. So uh, please give it up for John Waite. That was John Waite. You also heard the events chair, Peter Curran. Thanks to Matt Taylor and the Radio Independence Group for sharing the audio with us. They have more masterclasses you can sign up to for free at rigtrain. .co.uk. We'll be back with a new show next week. Until then, I've been Ollie Mann, the producer, Matt Hill. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.